welcome back to another episode of Ring That Bell Podcast. Um, AJ here. I'm alongside my co-host, Andrew Kotak. What's up, dudes? What's up, guys? Feeling good. Good, good. Also here with me, got Goody. What's up, man? Yo. Good, brother. Good, man. Just got a couple things I got to get off my chest here. Never eat Pizza Hut. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been st- – I've been struggling all day. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Alex, my man, what's up? How was your week? What's up? Uh, it's been good. It's tough to follow up Goody and Pizza Hut, but I, I've been fine. <laughs> I've been relaxed. And we are also joined by a special guest, uh, Philly, Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, Sixers beat writer, Keith Pompey. How you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, fellas. I'm excited about this. Yes, yes, we're we're really excited too. We've been talking all week about it. <laughs> but uh let's uh let's get it started. So my question right off the bat is obviously Brett Brown's been fired. <laughs> Who in your opinion would make the most sense coming in to fill that role? Um I, I think it would be Ty Lu. Now a lot of people don't like that, or some people are like, why? Some people think he's too close to LeBron. But I think what you need is you need a guy that Joel and Ben will respect. And, and to them, there's a guy who, you know, he, he played with Kobe. He won two championships, right? And not only that, you know, he won one with LeBron. So of all the coaches and the Sixers are trying to go to the next level, he's the only person who's been where they want to go. You know what I mean? As a head coach. So I think he makes the most sense, you know, right now because they know him. You know what I mean? It's not like you're going to bring in the old dude and they're like, yo, we don't know anything about it. I got to ask my pop about this dude. Like they know exactly who Ty Lue is, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, you go on Twitter, you see so many crazy things. Do you think that Ty Lue being with Clutch Sports has to do anything with it, especially being with Ben? No, I, I don't. I, I think, you know, you, you're right. You do you do see that. I, I think, like, you know, Ty is his own guy, right, his own man. I think the fact that he won a championship has a lot to do with it. And if you think about it, you know, Ty Lu was the guy that the Lakers wanted to hire last year. The problem is he wanted too much money, and the Lakers wanted to, like, pick his staff for him. He didn't want that. Right. Yeah, I, I know. I, I think that, you know, we can't deny that he's cool with the people from Clutch Sports. We can't deny that Ben is represented by Clutch. But I think, you know, Ty Lue's his own guy. And I, I think the fact that he won a championship is the thing that speaks volumes and he's well-respected around the league. Okay. Now, with that being said, you think he makes the most sense. Is that the guy you prefer out of anyone out there? Because there's a report today that Chauncey Billups possibly would like to – get himself into the coaching candidates. You know what? That's funny. You know they're best friends, right? Right. And I was yeah, thinking about two. that. Yeah. yeah, they're best friends. So, you know, if, if Chauncey Billups doesn't get – if Chauncey Billups doesn't get a head coaching job, I expect him to be on Ty Lue's bench. And right? I would love that. Yeah. I would like that. That would be awesome. I, I expect that to happen. So, the, the thing is, you know, Chauncey's a good pick. But I also think that came out after the fact that after um, with Steve Nash, 
um, got the job, it's kind of like, well, well, dang, he got the job. Let right. me put my name out there. Let everybody know I can do the same thing. Right. So right. I, I looked at it more like that, to be honest with you. But um, I, I don't know. Like, Ty Lue, to me, is proven. And now, again, some people might say he had LeBron. But to me, he has that winning pedigree that, that teams actually need, you know? Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, so I want to ask you a personal question. So okay. you've been covering the Sixers for the Inquirer for about 15, 16 years, I'd say, right? No? I, seven. no. I, I came in right when the process came. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, but okay. I've been at the Inquirer for that long, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, so which year, like which team was your favorite team, like year to cover? Um, I would have to say – last season mm-hmm. like last season's team i mean they had like some not i'm not gonna say drama they had like different personalities but that team was loaded no. now <laughs> it, 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 you know that team was loaded i mean you know we're talking about jimmy butler jj reddick um you know they had tobias playing the four i mean you know that, to me that that was a phenomenal squad i mean that was Four bounces squad. away from, from going to the finals, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, that was a great – so that was the best squad. That was the best squad. And and then the year before that, as far as, like, nice guys, the team that lost to Boston in the second round, they were good. But last year's team was loaded. That was the best team that the Sixers had. Yeah, and that what was that, two years ago, that 14-game winning streak to end the season? That was fun, yeah. too. Yeah, that was crazy. It, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, they won – they won the final. Uh, it was either fourteen or sixteen, but yeah, I mean, you know, at the at at the trade deadline, they were like a five hundred ball club, and then all of a sudden they just start killing everyone. You know, that was like, the the only thing with that team. That team was the best team to fit around for Ben and Joel, though. Exactly. Like, cause right. they had all the shooters. But the problem is, remember in the playoffs, they couldn't make any stops. Yep. They couldn't. Like, yeah. They didn't have yep. any defenders. But, like, for Ben and Joe, that was the best team to showcase both of their skills. Yeah, yeah I agree. Bell, Bellinelli and Urson, guys like that, just going off. That, yeah. that, that, was, a, that was a fun team, yeah. yeah. And they got it they exposed That's by Boston. Funny thing. Yeah. yeah. Funny thing about the Jimmy Butler uh, trade, I was, uh, I was in, I was, uh, in Aruba on my honeymoon. So, we were uh, in the, at the casinos in the hotel, and my phone starts buzzing. And it's like Sixers trade for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you <laughs> thought I hit the jackpot in that casino because I jumped up on the chairs, went all crazy. Oh, it was awesome. I miss Jimmy, man. He, he's he's a dog, dude, and he's showing yeah. that right now. Yeah, he was. Now, did your wife get mad at you? Like, yo, we're on a honeymoon. You worrying about the <laughs> <laughs> um, she knew what she was getting into when she married me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. all right. But but at the same time, she's a big sports fan, basketball, and all that. Her dad okay. was a coach growing up and all that, so she she knows her stuff too. Okay, all right, that's good. Then you yeah. <laughs> hey Keith, I got a question yeah. for you. Okay. Um, so with Jimmy leaving, like I always hear conflicting reports. Was Jimmy leaving more so because he couldn't vibe with Brett Brown, or did he have an issue with Ben Simmons? How do you think it really like where the bridges really burned the most? The thing is, I don't think Jimmy actually had a problem with anybody else. I, it, I mean, because Jimmy is like, 
to know Jimmy is one of those things. He's a guy that like beats to his old drum. No one intimidates him. You know what I mean? He's just his own dude. I think that the problem was is I think Brett Brown really didn't like dealing with him, right? Because see, the difference is Jimmy is straight up. Like some guys will talk about you behind your back. Jimmy's like, hey, coach, I think this is bull- BS. I don't want to question your podcast. But he said, I think this is BS, right? He'll say you're that. More than, you're more than an all right. Dude. Okay, we well, he'll say, coach, this is bullshit, right? He'll say that. And, and everyone can't coach that, right? And I think the problem when everybody says Ben Simmons, it was just like, let's think about it. You know, Ben had to figure out what his role was going to be or the Sixers had to because cause it got to a point in the playoffs, they were more – successful with when Jimmy had the ball in his hands. Yep. And then they they were basically playing four and five on offense because they had been going down to the dunker position, mm-hmm. but no one was trying to pass them the ball. So I think there was a little bit of frustration there, but I, I, I think that um, Jimmy's personality rubbed Brett Brown the wrong way, and Brett just mm-hmm. didn't want to coach him anymore. He just mm-hmm. didn't want to be there. They They felt like if Jimmy left, then they felt like they would be better off. And, and that was the thing. That was now, the thing. now, was that a collective agreement or was that Elton or was it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was Elton per se. You know what I mean? I, I think, you know, at this point, Elton's trying to figure out who's trying to stay, who's trying to go, whatever. I think that it was collaborative with a lot of the coaches, though, who stayed. You know what I mean? I think Brett, like, was kind of like the ringleader. And they basically just wanted Jimmy to go. But then, but see, here's the thing about that. <clears throat> There's always two sides of a story, right? Mm-hmm. You'll have that side, and then you'll have Jimmy's side. Was like, oh, no, I was trying to go. Well, yeah, you were, you may have trying to leave, but I'm just saying there was no one in there saying, hey, Jimmy, we really want you to stay. You understand right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, which you is know, what, which is what uh, we heard from John John. Yeah, yeah, they weren't trying well. to. Yeah, they didn't that, want that. That second half of the story, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they didn't want to. I mean, like, I think they felt like they felt like this team would be better because they felt like Jimmy was a distraction, you know? How about, the, how, how about the locker room? Do you think the locker room felt that way, or was it more so coaching front office? <clears throat> it depends on who the guys are. Like, I think right. some guys felt that way, but other guys felt like. Because you got to realize he was he was cool with guys like Amir Johnson, you know he was cool with other a couple guys, you know I I think if you he was he was cool with um what's my man's name Mike, Mike Scott. Scott yeah you know what I mean so like I think the guys who were like the the rugged guys on the team they didn't have a problem with them and I think if you want to win see here's the thing about was Jimmy is Jimmy a different cat yes Jimmy is different. Like, Jimmy is that – I always explain to people, like, we're all from Philly, right? Yep. So, yes. And, you know, so, you know, we all grew up with this one guy who was loud. When he walked in the room, he didn't say, hey, fellas. He said, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Butler, right? So, the thing is, the thing is, like, your mom might say, your parent might say, yo, what's up with your friend? And you're like, mom, he's cool. He's cool. Like, don't. Don't pay him any. Don't pay him any attention. He means well. You, you, you know what I mean? Right. And then like so like yeah. if you grew up around him, it's like oh that's just Jimmy being Jimmy. But then if you don't know him, 
and he says that, you're kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. And I think Brett Brown was in that camp of, whoa, what's going on here? But like Amir and all the rest of them was like, oh, that's just Jimmy. Right. And that's how he was. Like, he, he, you know, he, he could rub some people the wrong way, but I mean, but, but we all grew up with people like that, you know? Right. I think right. it was exactly what, what that Sixers team needed, especially with Ben and Joel. I think just like that toughness was not only perfect for like the team around them, but the city of Philadelphia. And you just hate to like see him gone because we only had him for such a short period of time. But I think Jimmy would have, would, would have done this team wonders into the future. I mean, look what he's doing with the heat. Sure. Do you, do you read anything in the Joel and beats tweets the last couple of nights? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, right? I mean, right. I mean, you look at the tweets and you're saying to yourself, like, hey, Joel, like, I mean, I think, see, Joel's smart guy. Like, Joel's the type of dude, when he does stuff, he's not doing it just to do it. Like, he's letting it be known that maybe they messed, that the Sixers messed up, you know? Um, he's letting it be known that he's he's probably unhappy about the whole situation. You know, yeah. because like when he did that, if that was like, wow. And then what did he do last night? It was like, I'm still very disappointed or something like that. It says, I'm, I'm, I'm very unhappy. <laughs> yeah, I'm still very unhappy. Yeah, that's that's like. And then after that, he goes, life is great. Hashtag the process. Someone so, said, yeah. oh, his, his agent called him up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 But he, he like you said, he knows what he's doing. He's he's. He's just a troll. He, he'll put something out just like the word if, and he knows he's going to get the whole city riled up, and he loves it. He loves every second of it. Exactly, and think about it. He does it while they're playing. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he did – he's not doing it tonight. Right. You know what I mean? He, but, but tomorrow night, <laughs> whatever – if they play at 6.30, at 6.45, you know you're going to get a text uh, – I mean, a tweet from Joel. <laughs> All right, so so going off of uh, Joe, I want to ask this question. So I know Elton Brand said he's not breaking them, the, the, the two up, which I wouldn't myself. I would want to see a new coach who could make them mesh together. Mm-hmm. But if you had control of the team, would you break them two up? And if so, who would you choose to no, build around? I wouldn't break them up either. I wouldn't break them up. Good. I wouldn't. See, this is a funny thing. Like, I remember at the All Star Game, I went. I, you know, I was in Chicago for the All Star Game. Mm-hmm. I was talking to executives, and they were all saying, "We wish they break them up." Like, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, yeah. what I mean? just break them right. up. Give us one of them. Oh, they can't fit. They they can't fit well together. Because when you look at it, two years ago when they had shooters around them, no one said they couldn't play together. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like you have to get the right type of. Uh, you have to get space. You have to get uh, shooters, spacers around them, mm. and I, I think that when you have these two guys, let's face it, they're the best two on the team. By far, um, yes. You you know you if you trade one of them, you're not going to get equal value. You mm-hmm. probably won't. So you got to. And right now, I think it's a matter of you know you're going to hire a coach. It's up to that coach to try to figure it out. And then if the coach can't, then maybe you may consider it. But, like, you know, I, I don't think that those two are the problem on the team. You know, I just yeah. think that they have to get a better roster around yeah. these guys. You know what I mean? They need more shooters. So that's what, I was gonna, 
that's what I was going to ask you. So say they don't change up the roster. They just bring in a, bring in a new coach. Is this a championship roster with a great coach? Ooh, nah, I don't think so. Not right. I mean, oh, well, here's my problem. I, I think that the problem that the 76ers have is, well, it, the problem is when you have a championship roster, like you look at most of these teams, they always have like one guy coming off the bench where you just know he could start. Like on any other given team, he can start. Um, they get starters type money. Like Lou Will isn't broke. You know what I mean? Guys yeah. like that. The problem with the Sixers is they have all their money tied up in four players. And then the most of their bench, well, yeah, their bench guys are all like uh, mid-level or, or, or minimum type salary guys. So I, I don't think that they're deep enough to win a championship. You know what I mean? I think that they have all their money tied up in four guys. So I don't see it. And then when you look at it, you know, who's going to be there? Like, are they going to bring um, Neto back? Are they going to bring Kylo Quinn back? Um, what about, um, you know, what, what about the two guys from Golden State who they traded for? I mean, Alec, do they want to come back? Alec Burks? You know what I mean? So, it, when we look at it, you know, it, it sounds good to say, okay, th these guys have the two all-stars and Tobias and Al and Jay Rich, but we don't even know who the bench is going to be next year. You know, that, so that's the major problem right there. You know? So so bouncing off of that, um, do you think that uh, Elton will try to move any of the three new pieces that came in last year, including Tobias, Al, or Richardson? I've, well – you know, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to move Tobias. I think it's going to be hard for him to move Al, too. You know, so, like, and then you look at Richardson, and, and he's the one who, in the playoffs, I know he didn't shoot really well, but he was the one who basically showed a lot of heart and was, you know, balling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in the perfect world, yeah, you would try to probably try to get rid of Al. Or, or just because, and, and nothing against Al, because I feel like Al played well when MB wasn't playing. But right. I just feel like it's hard to get rid of that contract, man. Like mm -hmm. Al's going to be like 38 years old at the end of that deal. You know, that, that's a lot of money, man. That's a hundred $109 million backup center, essentially, if they, yeah. if they can't work it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who they would move him for either, though. It's so tough. And the problem, yeah. and the problem with that is, if you can't move his contract, then you're literally you're stuck in your own like the same position you're in for the next three, four years. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And what exactly. head coach? What what potential head coach is going to want to walk into that? Yeah, see, that's a, that's a problem. That that that's a problem. I mean, you know, that that's the problem that the 76ers have. So I mean, they can see what they what they can do, but. I mean, it's hard when you're tied up for that long with these guys. And each year you're going after minimum salary dues to be your backup. I mean, think about it. Like Andre Iguodala, right, where he played here. You know, he, left, he goes to Golden State, and he was coming off the bench. You know, like any other team, he probably would have been a starter, but he comes off the bench. You have guys like Lou Williams coming off the bench. You know, Marcus Smart is starting now because um, Gordon Hayward's hurt, but he's the, he comes off the bench. Right. And all these guys make – they make around the same money that uh, 
um, Josh Richardson makes, makes about, you know, if not more. So that's what you need. Every championship team has at least two guys that you know that they're going to come in and they're going to give you buckets. They're going to do a lot of other things. I just don't see that right now with the Sixers. Okay. What about, so, uh, what about, okay. Sha- what about Shake? You think he could fill that? I, I like his potential. You think he could come in and be that guy possibly off of the bench? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't like, I don't like Shake as a point guard, the starting point guard. No. I mean, I think he could yeah. possibly grow into that role, um, you know, as, you know, coming off the bench and giving you buckets. You know, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I, I don't know if he's quite there yet, you know what right. I mean, as someone, you know, consistently can do it. Um, but he, I, I can see him developing that in that role. But the problem with the Sixers is that when you look at the when you look at the window, they got to do it now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like they don't have time to wait. Like, okay, in three years you're going to be good. We need someone that's going to, you know, grow up overnight, so to speak. Right. Well, who, so, Keith, who do you think that realistically could go grab in free agency with the minimum minimal salary cap that we have? Um, the one person that I would try to bring back is Alec Burks. I mean, I would, I would try to do everything in my power to bring him back, you know. Um, you know, as far as a backup point guard, I think it's going to be like slim pickings just because of the minimum type salary. I mean, there's a guy who I think um, is going to be a free agent next year. And, and, but then, again, this is for a backup point guard. This is for somebody that's gritty. A lot of people probably may disagree, but the guy, um, Brad Wanamaker from the Celtics, the dude who went to Roman, you know, I think that he can come off the bench and be a solid contributor. Like he's not someone that's going to be flashy, but he does the little things. And I think that's what, when you, when you're trying to win a championship, those are the type of guys that you need. You know, one of those gritty type guys who's smart enough to run an offense. But again, He's not someone that you're going to like lock up long term because he's what 31 years old already. Mm-hmm. But, so I mean, again, I got maybe I need to look more into it to see who's available. Um, but you know, he but that's the type of guy for the money that they have that I would try to at least go after a little bit. Okay. So um, let's see. Um, so you. I was just going to go off of that. So, I know we're months away from the NBA draft and the Sixers have the 21st uh, overall pick. Um, have you been diving into any potential prospects? And if so, who are they? And do you think there's a possibility that they get rid of that 21st pick in a type of deal to bring somebody here? Um, I haven't been studying it too much. I was going to ask y'all, who do y'all think they should go after? I, I, I have a big huh? list. All right, go ahead. Tell me, tell me. Grant Riller is probably the guy that I believe would fit this this oh. offense perfectly. What do you um, like about him? He, first of all, he is a pit bull. He, he's like I think they said he's top five in college basketball of uh, driving to the hole. Um, he's got like a Fred Van Vliet game to him, mm-hmm. but he's more gritty. He's got like. He's got like a Russell Westbrook mentality, but it's not mm-hmm. as much as I'm going to shoot 30 shots a game regardless. He's got the I'm a dog mentality to him. 
He's got um, the he, he went to college at Charleston, so he's got that small small school dog in him where he's got mm-hmm. something to prove. Yeah, yeah, yo, that's good. Anybody else? Um, yeah, I like uh the kid from TCU, um Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. He's can shoot the lights out, man. He's automatic from behind the arc. And he's very good defensively too. Yeah. What about uh, Josh Green? Y'all like him? From from he's from uh, the dude from uh the guy Australia, who, right? Yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah six five combo guard. Um, I like that. I actually don't know too much about him. Um, so I'm not I can't put any uh Yeah, he you know he's I mean? pretty good. He's pretty like he went to IMG Academy. I think they won like the national championship or something like that like that last year. I believe right. I'm not hundred percent sure. But I know he's from Australia. He goes to Arizona, and he can light it up. Um, you know, six five. The the only thing is, you know, if Brett Brown was a coach, I could see him saying, "Oh yeah, we got to go get him. We got to go get him." But now it's like <laughs> to a point. <laughs> I mean, do they do they want to go that direction? I mean, but you know, he's a he's a heck of a player. Like he's extremely athletic. Yeah, you know, he can do a lot of things that you guys were were talking about, mm-hmm. but. You know, I don't know. He looked like he could be one of those guys who, excuse me, who he could have like a future. You know, he could get better as the years go. Right. Go on, you know, but. Um, yeah, I could keep going on with my list. Um, I like the kid Kier Lewis Jr. from Alabama. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he he's is. Um, you got, uh, Ty, uh, I think his name's uh, Tyrell Terry from Stanford. He's mm-hmm. another one who can shoot the lights out. Um. I know it's a surprise, but Cole Anthony has been falling on a lot of people's draft list because of his injury. Yeah. I would st- – if he's there at 21, I don't think there's a hesitation. Yeah, I think you got to take him. I doubt if he'll be there, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I think you I just if, – if he's there, I'm taking him. Yeah. But uh, they're, they're, like my, they're like my main guys. But uh, – We need to I, find someone like Lou Dort. <laughs> yeah you know he worked out for the Sixers yep that's, they were saying <laughs> that today yeah yeah yeah. yeah it was, it up was last night. Yeah. huh he lit it up last night yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah he he worked out and it was weird because people were saying oh I don't know if he'll make it I don't know if he'll make it. <laughs> I mean not the Sixers people but other people I right. talked to you know it was like well, he can't do this he can't do that and now you're looking at him like wow <laughs> so Let's go – so, going off of, on like, uh, the draft and whatnot. So, last year's draft, we traded for Matisse Dybul. He's already a superstar defender in the NBA. I don't care what anyone says. But his offense still needs a lot of work. Where do you see his offensive game growing and what type of op- offensive player do you believe he'll be? You know, I think Matisse will be a 3 and D, like a, a, a straight-up 3 and D. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing about it is, you know, when you're a rookie, sometimes – you know, you. I'm not gonna say he hit the wall because you know it, it was the pandemic, but but I just think that, you know, he goes from a guy that people say had no offensive skills when he were in college, and then he surprises us a little bit, and then all of a sudden he settles down a little bit, you know, in his offense. You yeah. know, I I think that he'll work. He has to work on you know, his handle a little bit, but I also think he's going to work on his outside shooting. 
you know, and, and then he's going to be a solid guy. Because my thing is, you know, like you said, he's all world defensively. You know, offense, he was never known as an offensive player, but he's also a hard worker. And then when you look at it, like, you know, some of his mentors are like Damon Lillard, mm-hmm. you know, all these type of guys. I, I think Matisse is going to be fine. I honestly do. I just think as a rookie, you go through a learning curve and he hit that and he struggled a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. making shots. But I, I'm not concerned about him. Well, Keith, really not. Keith, do you think he has the potential to be that three and D guy to start at the three? And to, so we can move Tobias back to the four. Do you think he's got starter potential if he can, you know, get his offensive game up? I do. And and, and I think, like, I do. I, I think that sometimes he didn't start because Brett Brown probably felt – well, he felt a little bit like, okay, he's gambling on this defense. He's getting out of position. But okay. I do. I honestly think that he can be that guy. But I also think that he can also step in and be the two. Let's just say if – if Jay Rich leaves, you know, in a couple of years, I think you have a guy like Matisse that you can feel comfortable with. Now, the problem is, though, with him and Jay, I think when you when you have a – but ideally you would want a, a combo-type guard with Jay – I mean, with Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? You would want a guy, assuming Ben Simmons goes back to the point, you want to want a guy who can be like, you know, a secondary ball handler at that position at the two. And, you know, that's idea someone who can stretch the floor that you know is going to knock down threes. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's Matisse's game. You know what I mean? I think you kick the ball out to him and he, he'll hit like, you know, wide open threes and start catching shoot threes. But in, in regards to running an offense, I think that, you know, that's the ideal fit for Ben. But for right now, I think Matisse can step in and contribute at the two and the three. That's another reason why I love Grant Riller, because he's that combo guard that I could see being the starting two for the future of this team. I don't know if you know much about him, but when when we get off uh, off of here, look him up. He's he's nasty, man. He's he's got the stuff, dude. (laughs) He, He really does. But, um, you're, sal- you're salivating over there, man. Keep it down. Know, dude, right? you, don't yeah. un- <laughs> you don't understand, <laughs> dude. I want this kid on the team, yeah. man. <laughs> but, um, all right, so you covered Ben and Joel since their rookie years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've had a real good look at the type of players they are. Um, who do you think their player comparisons are for each for each player? Ooh, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, tougher than you think because – you know, like some people, when Joel first came in here, they said, like, oh, Elijah Wine. Well, he's bigger than Elijah Wine. Right. And as athletic as Elijah Wine is, he does more than Elijah Wine, you know. So I really can't compare him to anyone. I mean, I, I just can't because this is like the modern age of the bigs. Right. But he has the body of like an old school big, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he can do other things. You know, when Ben first came in, A lot of people were saying that, you know, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. A lot of people were saying that. Well, the problem is, like, Ben has to, like, shoot more. He has to do other things. He has to get out of that for us to say, like, okay, that's the second coming of LeBron. You know what I mean? He has the potential to be that type of player, but he's not. You know what? People may get upset when I say this, but I always said that Ben was a bigger 
stronger, faster, like Draymond Green. I know people get upset with that. But what I mean by that is the reason why I'm saying that is because when you look at Draymond, you know, he's a, a post player, but he, he does a lot of different, a lot of things to impact the game. And that's what Ben does. You know what I mean? And like when Joel doesn't play and they have Ben playing a four, the floor, like the four, I can't get it out. It's like, you know, you can see him like playing a lot of different positions. I mean, I don't, I can't say he's quite on that LeBron role yet. Like he has to like show me more. Like he has to stop teasing me and show me a little bit more. But when, as far as his impact in the game, He's like a bigger, stronger, faster Draymond Green. I know people may get upset, but to me, that's what he is right now. You know, it, see, to me, it's so it's so frustrating. Like, I'm not a Ben Simmons stand like like Potok is. Yeah. Like he he, I know I see his potential. I really do. Like I think this kid could be top ten player in the league. Mm-hmm. But you have games where he's only scoring four points. But then you have games where Embiid's not in the lineup and he's scoring 32 and he's going to the rim at will. Mm-hmm. Like, so even if Embiid's in the lineup and they stretch him out to the key, to the top of the key, why aren't you still going as aggressive to the hole? And there's just a lot of things that he take, does that, take, that irk me. Take this year, though, against the Lakers and the Clippers. What he dropped? 20-point 20, 20 triple-doubles in both? And Embiid was on the floor? He dominated. So I, Right, I hear you, but they're doing. He's doing it against good teams, but then he won't do it against a team like the Atlanta Hawks. Like you I have know. to be consistent. That's what makes me so so mad about like how good he is, but he doesn't show it all the time. Like there's In there's playoff, times playoff there's time times too. during the game where he, he just looks lackadaisical. Like he doesn't look like he wants. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's just so frustrating because the potential is there, but. It just – there's times where he looks like he doesn't want to be there, and that frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah, he has to bring it more. He has to be a little bit more consistent, that's for sure. But like like Potok says, I mean, there are games where he, you look at him, you're like, wow. I mean, like this year, I know it was the Brooklyn Nets, and then when they went to Atlanta, I mean, I was scratching my head after those games saying, wow, he was like by far the best player on the floor. But then again, there's certain times when he just doesn't bring it. He just needs to be a little bit more consistent. And I think he needs to – I mean, we've been saying it for, what, four years? You know, Ben needs to shoot the ball more. Well, he he has to. He has to. It, because I feel like if Ben – if he does – like, if if he shoots the ball and if he does – be, uh, he's a little bit more consistent, I think that he's – arguably a top five player in the league, mm-hmm. arguably. But the problem is he doesn't do it. So since you don't do it, it's like it's hard to say that you're even an all-NBA player. You know what I mean? Right, because right. you don't you don't bring it. And so I think, like, when it comes down to Ben, sometimes his, his worst – his biggest negative is him at times because he right, just right. doesn't bring it all the time. You know, it it drives me nuts too because in the summer league he was pulling up at the fail line. You know what I mean? He was showing that he was yeah. willing to do it, and then he kind of just stopped. Yeah, he did stop. Yeah, and and the and the thing with that is, everyone always gives the excuses. Oh, it's a confidence thing. Oh, it's a Ben always wants to make the right play type of thing. 
well, is it really the right play if guys are giving you five feet, six feet of space and you're trying to force a pass? I don't think so. So yeah, that's, just, that's just, what you call spin. Right. That's what you call like, okay, everyone sees what we see. How do we make it seem like it's not what they see? You know right. what I mean? Uh-huh. And it, Brett Brown was spinning it a lot. Yep. And, and it, it's it's just frustrating to all ends because if he just – I don't need – everyone's, oh, shoot the three, shoot the three. I don't need a three. Shoot that elbow jump shot. You start mm-hmm. shooting – you start shooting that then the entire offense opens wide open. There will exactly. be so many things that will run so much smoother. I agree. Do you think a, like, a new coach is going to drastically change his game? I don't know drastically. You know what I mean? I, I think that if, if you get someone who respects him and someone says, look, Ben, this is what you have to do to be a champion, I think it will change. But I think, like, it's not about the coach. It's about Ben. Like, Ben has to do it. You know what I mean? Now, again, if you get a coach that says, like, okay, I want everybody – I want him – everyone – I want – you all see it. I want him to shoot one three a game. And then – but he doesn't do it, and the coach, like, takes up for him. He ain't going to get better. He needs a coach that's going to – look, Ben, shoot one three a game. And then uh, when you go to the media – and they asked me about it, but like, look, I I guess he, you know, something's wrong with him. Like, you gotta, you got, I mean, I know Ben's gonna get upset, but yeah. I'm saying you you can't keep taking up for a guy whenever they do stuff like that because they're not gonna get any better. I'm not saying publicly criticize them, but at the same time, you can't always like, you know, ask him to do something if he doesn't do it. Then like, oh well, it's my fault. It's not his. Yeah, gotta hold them more accountable. Yeah, you got to be more accountable with him. Yeah. So, bouncing off of that, I was you, you started answering some of the question that I was just about to ask. So, let's say Ty, Ty Lue's out of play. Let's say he's out of play. Mm-hmm. What type of coach do you need – what type of coach do you think Elton needs to hire for this club, and what attributes do they need to possess? You know, I, I think it's, it's – like, a lot of people say they need – Oh, they need someone that's going to be a disciplinarian. Well, I don't think that's going to work either. Because you like, you look at Chicago, where you know they had one coach who was really nice and this and that, and then the next thing you know, they bring in a dude who's like having these mandatory like long practices and all this other stuff. Well, that didn't work out either. Like the guys revolted against him, so that's not going to work. I just think that you have to have someone who's who demands respect. And by what I mean by demanding respect doesn't necessarily mean, like, we're going to have hard practices. Joel, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. No, like, when they walk in the room, they're just a leader of men, a guy who these guys, like, respect because they know he's a winner. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get, like, you know, there are certain coaches out there, and I don't want to name them because I don't want to diss them, but they have great regular season records, but when they go in the playoffs, their team can't get out the first round. Right. Well, you can't have that dude. You just can't bring him in because, you know, my thing is the Sixers are trying to, I mean, they, they, they said they're built for the playoffs. They want to do this. I mean, it didn't come true this year, but you need somebody that's going to help you go far in the playoffs. Not someone who's like, Oh yeah, we're third place in the East, but we're barely going to get out of the first round. 
You know what I mean? You, right. you need more than that. So I, I don't think it's, I mean, I think that's the biggest attribute. You just need someone who you know who has a great a postseason record and someone who, who's a champion. You know what I mean? They have to be a champion. Right. I, I totally agree. Sounds like uh, Ty Lue to me. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what. I, I've been saying that I'm not a big Ty Lue guy and I, I'm sticking to my guns. I, I just – ever since I saw the video of Mon Shumper throwing that tail at his face like he was a tail boy, I just couldn't get that thought out of my head. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. But, um, I mean, it, it's looking more and more likely like it's going to happen every day. So, I'm just going to – have to suck it up. And if that's who Ben and Joel want to be here, that be their coach, then I'm going to have to hop on board. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. see. Yeah. yeah, there's names popping around all over the place. Yeah. You hear about Dawn, Dawn Staley? Dawn Staley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a shot that that happens. But I wouldn't uh, mind bringing her on as an assistant if she was all right with that. Yeah. She's but what got happened is, you know, Marcus Hayes, one of my colleagues, he wrote that, that they should give her an right. interview. And then it just took off and blew up. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they, they gave her an interview. I, I was saying yeah. that all over Twitter because I think that she's a really, really smart basketball mind. But um, I just don't think that the Sixers need that type of coach. Not saying her as a coach. I'm saying a project at the point. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. said, we need somebody with some experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, thank you so much, Keith, for joining us. It was great intel. Awesome. Awesome. We yeah, are thanks, for, thanks for reaching out, man. Thanks for uh, my yes. man Justin reaching out to me. Yeah, we were, uh, to be honest, me and him were having a conversation because we've had some guests on and we were just like, who, who could we get on that could possibly, possibly, like, blow us up? Like, and, <laughs> and we were just talking back and forth and he shot me the – the the DM that you did and when you said let's go we just got really hyped like we had no, no we oh, had yeah. no no shot like we had no idea that you would actually respond and, and hop on with us so uh I got we, I got nervous yeah uh, we, we really we really really appreciate it I appreciate oh, it anytime, man. fellas anytime the only reason yeah, I didn't man. do it sooner because you know, I just came back from like down in Orlando and I just like I need a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's no, like that's three days. Huh? <laughs> that's no problem at all. Yeah. We uh, we we usually gotta get our schedules in order anyway, too. So yeah, but right. uh, yeah, we we really appreciate it, Keith, man. After they do the coaching hire or any other any other times, you guys want me to come on? Just let me know. All, all right, right. All right. Cool. that sounds brother. great. All right, all right. You have a good night. Take it easy, Keith. Peace. Thanks Thank for having you. me again. Yeah, no well, thanks, Keith. Right. Keep killing it. Let's take a second to say a word for our sponsor, Brickhouse Bar and Grill. What else can I say about it? Great food, great bucket specials. They now have a 16-foot inflatable TV in their uh, parking lot for everyone to watch the Sixers. Well, not Sixers anymore. Flyers, um, Eagles upcoming, Phillies. Phillies. Awesome. Absolutely awesome Union place. Philadelphia Union. <laughs> Philly Union. Um, also, if you go there and you mention our names to Steve, he'll hook you up. So, anyone got any any last words? I, go Flyers. 
Yeah, they're down four three right now. Absolutely brutal, man. It's letting up a goal with twenty nine seconds left in the second. It's just a heartbreaker. Well, we, <laughs> we all can we all can agree that the Phillies are the best team in the city. Oh, right without now, right? a doubt. <laughs> the, the Union are like three and zero, my guy. Ooh. Oh, my bad. <laughs> hold up, you don't even know what team you're batting for. So <laughs> for real, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Right. If you could do us a, a favor and subscribe, uh, rate, review, share the word, we'd really appreciate it. But for now – We're coming, baby. See you. Peace. Peace. Peace.